Welcome to the Imposture to Unstoppable podcast, where physicians can learn how to overcome imposter syndrome and create the career of their dreams. I am so excited to welcome Nadia Sabri, who is a pediatrician and also has overlapping interests with me, which include intentional living and mindful parenting. She is a consultant for the physician wellness program in her area, and she's also a certified yoga instructor and meditation instructor. So thank you so much for being here, Nadia. Thank you for having me. I really just want to jump right into and ask you if there's any particular time in your training or in your career that, that you felt imposter syndrome the most. Hmm, the most. That's a good question. I think imposter syndrome is funny because it wasn't until recently that it had a name for it. Mm -hmm. So it's something that I think most of us females in medicine have experienced probably most of our life. And it probably pops up time and time again, usually when there's something big that happens. Um, and we're like, wait, what? That's me? Oh, 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 awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So in terms of the most, I don't know if there is the most, I would say that imposter syndrome um, will pop up like when I'm doing super cool things or something like that. I look at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I did that. So do you find that it's like those accomplishments or transition periods where you're wondering if you were the right person or if they made a mistake? No, not that so much as it's like, wow, that makes me sound really cool. <laughs> I can't believe I did that. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, <laughs> more like more like that. Not that they chose the wrong person. Um, I think whenever I've had imposter syndrome pop up, it hasn't been the fraud part as much as the maybe trying to um, diffuse the praise or just kind of work through it. Like, oh, it's, it's no big deal. It's, ah, it's no problem. Something like that. Yeah. Have you had difficulty in the past with allowing yourself to accept those recognitions? Yeah, yeah I have. Um, now, as I, I've been venturing into mindfulness and uh, learning more about self-compassion and practicing the those awesome things like affirmations and the, uh, the yeah like there's basically like like praising myself then it's it's easier to accept it i think being a woman in medicine especially we have to not only do awesome as a woman but we have to do probably more um, than the boys in the club mm -hmm. so that we can really prove our place and all of that so as a result we tend to um, just say oh it's no big deal you know and it doesn't help that there's that superwoman complex that we have to attend to as well, right? The whole, how do you balance it all? How do you, um, how do you juggle this responsibility and that responsibility? So for me, it ends up being more like, oh yeah, it's, it's no problem or not accepting it as much. But now that I realize that's what I'm doing, I've made an active effort to just say, well, thank you. Yeah. Those two words I think are a challenge for many women um, instead of just trying to brush it off. Was, was any part of that a concern about other people thinking that you're you're overly boastful or overly confident? Well, no, because I I wouldn't really mention it as much. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't um like I wouldn't really bring it up. You know, it'd be more a matter of being I guess too shy about accomplishments as opposed to being boastful. So you wouldn't even mention your achievements to anybody. Yeah, like for example, when I started my my platform, the Mindful MD Mom, it got an amazing response, and it had started off just as a side project, just a passion project. When I was just going through a lot of stuff in my own, my own life, um, being a new mom, recovering from illness, experiencing mm -hmm. some attending burnout. So I started this thing as a way to give a voice for those that may not have one and being part of the groups of being a woman physician, a mom, and, all of, and also a minority. Those are a lot of vulnerable populations all in one time. Yeah. Luckily, I'm in that position that I can say something. 
So, however, when it took off and it did amazing, I, I would, and all these cool stuff was happening, I would get media attention, I was in all these magazines, but did I ever mention that to any of the people I work with in my day job? Well, no, I didn't. Right. <laughs> it wasn't until people would directly ask me or be like, hey, I saw you on this magazine. Hey, I saw you here. I saw you in this news thing that I'm like, oh yeah, that's me. I also do yeah. that. Why do you think you never spoke up about it to anybody? Um, well, when it first started off, I guess I was not sure like how they would take it. Again, there's that question about like, will they take us serious enough? But yeah. here I am, if I'm working at my, my clinic, is this something that would, uh, would be appreciated or would it be something that is like, oh, what, why is she doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was more of just in my own head than anything else because interestingly enough when I started sharing it uh, more openly and people realized that I was the mindful MD mom it, ha- it got a great reception I was like oh, man I wasted all that time worrying about it for nothing when I could have just you know just mentioned it and gone with it so now I've, I've done that for a couple of years and and now I'm I can very easily say yes this is me and this is what I do mm-hmm. um, and it's gotten great reception so when I blended in some of my other stuff uh, for example, I, I did my yoga teacher training because I do acute care. Uh, it doesn't exactly fall in the same line, right? Like here you are doing acute care, seeing such sick kids, and now you're doing yoga teacher training. Like why? Mm-hmm. So um, after I did it and I got my certification and all of that, and I started teaching for the medical society, I realized like, you know what? I don't have to categorize or like compartmentalize these different areas and my interests because I can bring that into it and really integrate it because that does affect my care. It it is who I am. And why should I have to hide it? Um, It is part of who it is. And ever since I started doing that, like I said, it was just so much better, so much easier to just be who you are in all the various aspects as opposed to being, all right. Now I'm wearing my doctor coat. I'm in doctor mode. Okay, now I'm a mom. Here's me, my mm-hmm. mom. Here's me as a yoga instructor. No, now it's like I found that sweet spot, I think, about combining the various things so that I'm me no matter where I go. And I don't have to put on a coat or take off a coat or, or put on a yoga pant. It's just like, this is me in all the different spheres that I'm at. Yeah. And it really helps reduce a lot of stress and just makes life a lot more enjoyable. But it's hard to get there. <laughs> Yeah. Or what shifts did you have to make in order to get to that place of like unapologetic authenticity? Hmm. I, I think a lot of things. Um, of course, it, it, it helped having a supportive environment. So my husband was amazing. And actually, he's the one who had encouraged me to start a blog. I'd always wanted to write a book like that was on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just wanted but you know, school happened, residency happened, work happened, and you, have a kid, you have kids. And it's just like it gets pushed by the wayside. But my husband was like, No, you know what? if you have this story that you want to tell, this stuff that you want to do, go for it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst? So, so it doesn't go well. Who cares? At least you did it. You know, you don't want to live life with regret. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, wow, that's okay. That's awesome. And then as I started going into, in, in, you know, deeper into parenting, I realized like, you know what? My kids, they are looking at me and they are mimicking me and the things I do. They try to do what mommy does. And if here I am, you know, worried about all these kind of things, and if I cannot really embody that if I cannot model that for them how do I expect them to learn that you know they they will pick up just by absorbing what I'm doing and just by by mimicking that and the last thing I want is them to worry about that kind of stuff so then I was like you know what challenge accepted like Mm -hmm. challenge to self-accepted let's fix those things and let's bring that perfectionistic spirit or down and work towards that attitude of wellness everywhere and to do baby steps like just like little like little things to do it um postpartum was incredibly tough 
And I also had a, um, a thyroid tumor that I had to deal with. <clears throat> and all of that, as you can imagine, really affects not just the picture of yourself to yourself, but also it affects, you know, how, like how you feel about yourself in the world, how that affects um, being a parent. So all of those things together, I think, really made me decide I have to either rise to the challenge of trying to like work these things out, the self-work, or just let it be something that's going to follow me through the rest of the life. And so I realized, yeah. no, let me, let me just back it head on. So slowly and steadily, that's what I did. That's such an important um, journey that, that everyone I think needs to take, especially in medicine. I wanted to touch a little bit more about how you really, how you said you've embraced all the aspects of who you are and had have done that without the, a fear of judgment. Something that's come up a lot for, I think, many people is that people tend to worry what other physicians will think about them. Did you ever have that concern? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And especially with some of the side gigs that I did, some of those passion projects I started out with, something that I've always wanted to do, of course. Mm -hmm. And now looking back, I can definitely see that that was probably a big hesitation that I didn't do it sooner. And now where I am, experiencing what I've experienced and just like the richness that life has to offer when you realize that fear, that really is the biggest hurdle to overcome. Gosh, it looks so much better. I'm like, man, I should have done that so much sooner. Mm -hmm. But you know, sometimes it just takes those specific events. And for me, it ended up being like one thing after the other and a few things right together. So um, like when I mentioned about my, I had a thyroid tumor and I had to get surgery, I got it removed and thank God it turned out to be benign. But those two to three weeks while the path results were pending, oh man, Kristen, mm-hmm. like here I am, like young mom, I've got two young kids, I'm at the peak of my career. And um, one of my mentors who, like I wanted to be her when I grew up kind of thing, mm-hmm. and she had kids a little bit older than me, she ended up um, getting diagnosed with osteosarcoma and passing away. Oh my God. Right as I was, again, hanging in the lurch, waiting yeah. for my path results. And it was just like, whew because I couldn't help but, um, you know, feel so connected to her, of course, because she was a, a very good mentor of mine all through mm-hmm. residency, but also to see that, you know, somebody who has worked so hard all of her entire life, just to finally, like, just right before she was diagnosed, she had mentioned how happy she was to finally get her schedule the way she wanted it, to finally get her life the way she wanted it, and now she could spend time with her kids, and she was young. She was only in her mid or early to mid forties. Like she was not. Yeah. And for all that to happen, I was just like, so when the path results came back and they're benign, you cannot imagine what a one wave of relief it was. Mm -hmm. And then just what an anger I had for myself for not, for realizing that, oh man, had this been my end, like there were so many things that I just didn't do because of fear of judgment, Um, you know, not being able to get out of my comfort zone or wondering, oh, what should I do now? But after all that happened together, I was like, you know what? No, because at any point in our life, we can have something horrible happen to us. Or even if we don't have something horrible happen to us, life can change. And at that point, what will people say? They will say, well, nobody stopped you. Why did, if you really wanted to do it, why didn't you do it? And then what would we say to ourselves? And then the fear of somebody else's judgment doesn't seem like a good enough reason. I mean, certainly something like that, I mean, that will put things in perspective for you. What it will, what it has done, I suspect, is you will never forget that feeling you had for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's so true. And, and then the, the, the best part about that was that it really did take that veil off the eyes kind of thing 
or however that saying goes, <laughs> I forgot how to say, but yeah, that, that takes that, that veil off about like that worry or concern because it's really like, you know what, if I, if I do it and if nothing comes of it, who cares? I still get to do the experience that I want to experience and I can always learn from it. And certainly there've been so many things that I have not been good at, so many things that have not gone the way I planned, but it's easier to take it in stride because it's like, really, you know what? People really don't care as much as you think they care. Really, they yeah. really don't. And, um, the, and the biggest case in point is that I had this horrible scar on my nest. Like there's no, there's no avoiding it. And for me, after my surgery, that is all I could see. And it, 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 it looked ugly. It made me feel this, like, and it felt so unfair. Like, why did this happen? All, anyway, all this kind of uh, stuff that I, I was kind of worried about thinking about. And the amazing part is when I, you know, if people saw me, it took them such a long time to even point it out to the pack that I was like, like, how do you not notice this? Nobody noticed it. And here it is right in the center of my neck. And it was a pretty, yeah. like I thought, pretty obvious scar. And so that just goes to show you that the things that we worry and we're so, so conscious about, I guarantee people do not even think about it. Like they don't even notice it. They don't even think about it. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. And that's it. Now, of course, there will be haters, but that is more of a reflection of them than it has to do with your skill or your situation. That really is them trying to deal with something and projecting their stuff onto you. I, th I think that's one of the most powerful lessons I've learned in the last year is that other people's opinions of me are none of my business. I mean, I'm sure you've heard that. And it's a very challenging thing to put into practice, but it, there's no freedom like there is with that statement when you realize that number one, people exactly like you said, like people aren't thinking about you, they're thinking about themselves. <laughs> and ultimately they can decide what to think and it doesn't have anything to do with you. So why should you base anything that you do or what your goals are on other people instead of just being true to yourself? Right. And I think what really helped um, clarify those things and, and, because I think I, I always believed that on some level anyway, but it helped me have the words to put it together and work through those kind of complex thoughts because a lot of this is very subconscious and a lot of it is we don't even realize where it comes from. And if somebody causes us, us to have a feeling of something, you know, some sort of negative thing and we, we take something the wrong way, again, there's so much else tied with it. It doesn't mean that that person is the one that's triggering it. It could be something else that is slowly peeking its way through. I think the biggest thing is that our perception of what we're experiencing, it really depends on our perspective. And the big thing that I've learned through all of my various experiences and um, in both my professional and personal life is that our perspective is so much shaped by our thoughts. And truly what we, <laughs> truly what we look for is what we see. So mm -hmm. what I mean by that is that if we're feeling a certain way, whether it's insecurity or fear of judgment or what have you, when we encounter anything, even if it's a neutral thing, it's almost like the brain is sort of sensitive, kind of primed towards noticing that. So whether or not that's actually even a true situation, we can take things the wrong way. So what I've noticed is that the best way to, to do it is that, yes, there is a lot of negativity. And especially in the medical community, unfortunately, there is a lot of remaining residual toxicity. I think our generation of physicians are definitely breaking that and opening the doors so that we can talk and openly discuss these things. Like I, I doubt that previous generations of physicians even knew what imposter syndrome was or yeah. even talked about it or normalized it. I bet that they probably stigmatized right. it and, and made people who probably you know, could have been just fine feel very marginalized and stigmatized. 
So th th that's the good thing is that we're talking about it. But the best way to do it is to protect ourselves from the toxicity in the environment that we know is there. And that is to to boost our own resilience. Now, the important thing is that resilience does not happen individually. It really is um, either enhanced or detracted by the community we keep and our you know, social, emotional, physical environment. So what I mean by that is that, yes, like mediculture, it's, it's tough. It's hard. So start out the day instead of like, oh, my God, this sucks, another page. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, actively be like, all right, you know what? It's going to be a hard day, but I got it. I got this. Like yeah. bring on the challenge, challenge accepted, like whatever it is to kind of get you in that mindset so that even when things happen that don't go according to plan, you've already prepped for it as opposed to it being a surprise. Um, I think that surprise, the, the shock, the trying to cope in the moment sort of thing, mm -hmm. which is where all these things that I think mindfulness really helps. But without that, it's those feelings that of overwhelm and, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing that can really just throw anybody off. So by having those affirmations and really, it's kind of like doing cognitive behavioral therapies yourself, but, yeah. but doing that in the beginning of the day and throughout the day as that affirmation, it really helps remind you and bring you back to that. Okay. I'm not going to fall down the, the, the loop, the cycle of negativity back, I'm back on track here. So that yeah. way, okay, things don't go as well. That's fine. You have to stay later at work. Okay. Um, you know, you still, you can take it in stride as opposed yeah. to going, going at it and then be like, Oh my God, this happened. Oh my God. What did this person mean? Oh my God, I messed up. And then the more that we keep thinking like that, then the hard thing happens is that we only see those few negative things in the whole scheme of the day, which if, if we are objective about it, count every single person that we have helped count every single you know person we've smiled at a nurse that we have talked to a, a patient whose hand we have held who we have comforted that really outweighs those one or two things that maybe weren't perfect right but if we're only looking for our, our flaws and our faults that is what we're going to see and that is only going to compound those feelings of insecurity absolutely that was so beautifully stated and i think just the nature of how we're trained as physicians we're trained to look at the negative things and we really kind of have to do the work to retrain ourselves to look for the positive which i think can be completely change change your life mm -hmm. what what would you say to like a young physician or a resident as far as the biggest benefit that they will gain in taking up your advice on authenticity and getting rid of a fear of judgment hmm. the biggest benefit or how to do that Oh, if you have both, I will take both. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this is, it's a process. And I think it, it varies person to parent person, experience to experience. But I think the, I think that the takeaway points that I would say is to allow yourself the self, the same self-compassion and the same, and talk to yourself, your inner voice, the way that you would talk to a friend or a loved one. And to not stress out about the possible badness of what could happen. Because here's the thing, fear is like a fire and it will go until it consumes everything in the path. All right. The harder thing, but the more beneficial thing is to practice and actively try to find ways to reduce stress in the moment. And, um, and that are, there's so many ways to do that. And I'd be happy to talk to you about it. It's like my favorite topic. That's where the mindfulness comes in, the yoga comes in, the affirmations, the resilience conversations, because really, um, all of that is something that has to be practiced. It's not something that happens one time. Like, oh, great, I did one thing one day. Now I'm all set. Mm -hmm. um, but, but most importantly, would be to just cut yourself a, a break here, yeah. and know that you're doing the best that you can, and 
there's nothing wrong with messing up and um, learning from the experience because here's the thing, there really is a lot of support out there. And the sooner that we can realize that, you know what, this is just a part of life. Like, like no one can know everything. Mm-hmm. It's not innate knowledge that we're blessed with. And we don't have to know everything. Um, having a mentor or support or a tribe and seeking those out earlier. Um, and, and don't worry about like what their title is or if they're the same department or not. That doesn't really matter. What matters is that they're able to embody the, the type of doctor that you want to be. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, even people who, you know, who are a certain way or a certain personality, if they see the people that they, um, who are above them, their role models or, or whatnot, they see them to be burned out, grumpy, cynical, you know, treating nurses poorly or just being jerks or whatever it is. The idea becomes, oh, that is, that's how doctors are. That's how I need to do it. And yeah. that's just not true. That's just not true. Um, and and really to me now where I am and you know, having my, my, my background and all these things, I can see that really that physician, the attendings that we so look up to who are grumpy and all that, they are suffering from secondary trauma and burnout mm-hmm. and they are basically recycling those same conditions that made them have these symptoms in the first place. Yeah. So we have to be active about that, that when we see that happen, recognize that maybe they also need some support and some help and that you could offer that to them. You could be that, that light in their, you know, in, in, in the darkness. Um, and if you're struggling, like, don't feel like you're the only one. You're probably yeah. not the only one. In fact, everyone is probably so, struggling on some level. They're just better at hiding it. So talk, um, you know, that's where the isolation and the shame and all that guilt, it, that, that's where it hides. It hides in quiet. Um, and what needs to be done is to be vocal about it and, and talk to people and, and find that support because that social support, that's where the resilience comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate, I hate that the narrative right now is just all about, oh, personal resilience because it, that's not how that works. Mm-hmm. It's not personal, like under a certain set of conditions, anybody and everybody will have a certain outcome. So this burned out situation that we're seeing, it, that would happen to anybody. The difference is who is supportive and what it's like. Are they able to get out enough to take a step back and recoup or not? Yeah. And if you are, if you're stuck in that and that's the only thing that you have, oh man. That's such, that's such great advice. And I think it's going to be so helpful. It's so helpful for everybody who stumbles across your platform for sure. I feel like I could, we might need to do a part two of this podcast. I love that. So, yes. Thank you so much for your time tonight. And I look forward to learning more from you on your blog and on social media. Thank you. And thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. One more thing before you go. I wanted to tell you about the amazing course I just put together and is available now and live at the lowest price I'll ever offer it. And it is all about how to coach yourself. So if you have been considering getting a coach, haven't been able to commit, worried about the financial investment, or just not quite sure if it's the right thing for you yet, then self-coaching is a really, really good place to start. It's exactly where I started my journey to becoming the confident and fulfilled physician that I am today and living with intention and living with purpose. For the past two years, have been working on material that I could offer other women to help them to get to where I am because there's nothing special about me. Anyone can feel this way with the proper tools and that's what self-coaching provides. So it is an in-depth and complete 
look into self-coaching, including what it is, why it's so important, all the tools that you need to know about self-coaching, and even a special module designed just to help you to solve your biggest everyday problems, including imposter syndrome, which so many of us struggle with. It also includes access to the private Facebook group where you can ask questions or seek support. And the part I'm most excited about is the opportunity to hop on group coaching calls every month where we can talk about specific problems that you're having. It's a safe environment where I can give you some personalized help and support as you go along this course and well beyond. Check out the link in the show notes page for this one-of-a-kind self-coaching course. It's designed mostly geared towards physician women or professional women who are struggling in their day-to-day life with a feeling of lack of confidence, feeling like an imposter, feeling like you're going through life reacting to everybody else's problems and no real direction for where your own life is going. I can help you get there and self-coaching is the way to do it.